People are yearning for information, having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. So we're here on the West Coast of Florida, Trisha and I, and we've been doing a lot of podcasting down here, which has been so much fun. And we're here with Michael and Grace Ott, who run this amazing business called My Halo, a company that nurtures mind, body, and spirit, which is right up our alley, Mm -hmm. actually, and helps people live safely and independently at home. We, Trisha and I, are really inspired by the work that they do. And they're filling a really important need for so many people. So we thank you, Michael and Grace, for joining us today on Health Gig. We're thrilled you're here. Yes. And so tell us what you do. In essence, we keep people at home. So aging in place. So whether people need help for their person or themselves, their physical being, or they need help with their physical surroundings, Mm-hmm. or maybe help managing their finances. In essence, we fill the gaps, whatever they need at home. And if we don't have the people that can fill one of those gaps, and we'll find somebody who can. Yeah. And, and one of the things that's really important about what we do is we try and be totally transparent. So we want to make sure that through our how we work every day and through our systems, which are a key part of what we're offering is, that our caregivers and our clients and their family members are all in the same wavelength 24-7 and have the access to the exact same information. And whether you have kids in London or California or whatever the case may be, they can stay totally plugged in and current. And that's very soothing and reassuring for everybody involved. Oh, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So how do you differ from other businesses? That's a great question. What we often see, and I'm not being critical of anybody in this field because people that are in this, people ask me about our business all the time. And I say, it's really not a business. It's more of a calling than it is Mm -hmm. a business. But the way we look at it is we have two sets of clients. And I think that separates us a little bit. The people that are receiving the care Mm -hmm. and the people that are providing the care. And we treat them both with the utmost respect and trying to do little things for them and make sure that they know they're appreciated. And we also try and do the little things to bring joy to our clients' lives. Like as an example, today I ran to the farmer's market and bought some bouquets of flowers and Friday's flower day. I run around and give everybody some flowers just to brighten their day a little bit. I love that. And again, we really do try and tap into the body, mind, and spirit mantra because without one, you really don't have the complete picture. And so if we can nurture all those, it makes all the difference in the world. So that's how I'd answer that question. And you know, when you just said it was more of a calling than a business, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, that's for sure. (laughs) It's something that financially is... It's sustaining and it's doing just fine. And every year we seem to, last year we doubled our client hours. This year we tripled our client hours and are on pace to do that. And we don't advertise. Mm -hmm. So it's all by referrals. Mm -hmm. And so go ahead, Grace. 
I was going to say one of the ways that we started the business as a calling was literally we were called down the street. Could you come and do this for our neighbor or could you come and do this for us? Mm -hmm. And so we were doing that for free and realized that there was a real need here that there was no one for people to call that could help with different aspects of home, whether it was the internet was out or the phone was Mm -hmm. off the hook and Children were calling us from out of state. Could you go down the street and check on mom or dad? So it was a calling in that way. And so as the needs became greater and our response time and everything Mm -hmm. became greater, we realized this is really a business that's needed here. And so the business has grown over time to be a full concierge home health agency licensed in three counties now. Mm -hmm. So it's not just down the street, but still mm-hmm. the same concept of if we're called, Michael says, we're the yes people. We figure mm-hmm. out a way to respond to the need. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the name, My Halo, because you are like angels <laughs> for people. You know, who- if I could just add one more thing to the calling sure. piece of it is often when either families call us or individuals call us, they are at their most vulnerable. Yes. And the fact that they will sometimes reluctantly, sometimes very willingly accept you into their lives and, and you break down those barriers, it, it, really, it is really almost a, a calling and just trying to deliver a body to help somebody on any particular day. Right. And I think having aging parents, it's so nice to know, as you were saying, someone's next door or I have a partner in this as a daughter who doesn't live near my mom. So I get this, like I get the idea that it would give me that peace of mind. I could, and you were saying I could go online and see my mom's health if she just, if you, you all would take her to the doctor. Is that one of the services? We, we have people, we have kids that are addicted to yeah. what we call our case notes. Yeah. So we'll have somebody go into a home and they'll do a complete write-up of what happened that day. And they find it very mm-hmm. reassuring. But also any particular bit of information you want to know about that person in the case of emergency, whether it's their their medical profile or the, the medications they're taking or their advanced directives, making sure they're all in place and you name it, it's all there so that it's accessible on any device 24 seven. So do you actually, so you place people in the homes too. So if I wanted someone there full time, you all would have somebody that could come in like a regular healthcare kind of situation. We have 43 team members right now and we're just growing incrementally one client at a time. Mm -hmm. We add as we go. I would just say that I love that the families can be so informed because I know, like Tricia, I am also far from my parents. And sometimes my mom, who's 92, can't really explain what is going on with her or with my dad. And so I think that's so reassuring Mm -hmm. to have that ability to go in and and see for yourself. Mm -hmm. And to know that you've come out with saying it's mind, body, spirit, because I think so often it's not integrated, especially in home health care. Yeah. So the idea that you're running around getting flowers for my mother and my father just just is so, so sweet. Yeah, incredible. Well, there's something really basic about the ability to bring joy to somebody. Yes, yeah. And if you have somebody who's ailing physically or cognitively, we see that more and more often people ailing cognitively. And if you can bring joy to them, it really kind of fills you back up. So you are out front with the aging population. Can you share with us that, what you're seeing, other issues that are coming up, ways that you're helping our aging population? And we were talking earlier that there's going to be this tidal wave 
coming. If you could expand on that, just let our listeners know what's coming and what we can do. I think we've done a lot here in this community to bring awareness and education and different exercise programs and the what all mind, body, and spirit does take and that starting with awareness of what's going on and listening to people's end-of-life wishes and how they want to be treated and the importance of getting that down on paper so that their family members know, but also so that the caregivers all know. And how does that conversation go? How do you help with that? Whenever there is an opening, mm-hmm. uh, just picking up on the cues that the client or, or patient is ready to talk. You know, they just say something, even if it's nonverbal, you can tell, you know, what they are sensing about how they want. And there is a document that is available online called Five Wishes. Mm -hmm. And there's a movie called Consider the Conversation. Both of those have been shown here and brought to this community where we have done programs on what matters at the end. And Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal, Mm. which has been very popular, is something that is shedding light on this whole topic. And we as a society, just as an add-on to that, are really bad about talking about death, which is actually part of life. I was just going to say that, and that it's so wonderful that you all have the mind-body-spirit approach and have the understanding that death really is part of life, and it's something that shouldn't be as feared as it is. And we try and get our clients to, and the people we work with, to Embrace that. And also we reiterate that if they can really define for their kids and their family members, this is how I want it to be. That is the greatest gift they can give all their kids because their kids all have their own view of things or their own experiences. And if their mom or dad says, look, this is exactly how I want it to be. And, and there's no gray area. It, it's wonderful because sometimes kids are always well-meaning, but they may approach it from a different standpoint. And that can lead to a lot of unnecessary friction. If you can avoid that, it's terrific. Right. At that moment when you're most vulnerable and every, as you said, everyone comes with their different experiences. I know in our case, my father passed away probably two years ago. He was very clear and it made for a beautiful death. And a beautiful experience. And I think that that's something that you guys are both shaking your head. Like that's really possible. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It's sad. All those emotions come up, but it can still be beautiful if we're clear. And isn't that true in life in, in general? Just as we're living, like you, that classes that you have, lessons of living, is that what it's called? Lessons learned from, lessons learned from living. Yeah, I think that's one too, that all moments can be created into something beautiful. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Grace, you are a licensed clinical social worker, and you were telling us earlier that you were inspired by your dad, my, grandpa, my grandfather. Right. Oh, yes. And, your gran- and my dad. <laughs> and your dad. But, but your grandfather. So will you tell us about that? Because it's fascinating. My grandfather, Dr. Charles T. Bingham, mm-hmm. was um, an internal medicine physician and served in the Navy during World War II and the Korean War and was influenced by that, but came back with a holistic mind, body, and spirit concept and psychosomatic and working with veterans. And at that time, 
the medical community did not want to hear anything about psychosomatics and that anything about mind, body, and spirit, they thought he was a little kooky. (laughs) But we grew up knowing that, you know, if we had a sore throat, what did that mean in terms of, was there something we couldn't swallow? Was there something we were dealing with in life that maybe we couldn't speak about? And so looking at different parts of your body and what is affected. And he studied all of the presidents and why they, he would go to the library. He was like, why they died of certain diseases and why they got certain diseases. So he was way ahead of his time, but I wish that he were alive today that I could ask him all kinds of questions. And why is there this incredible proliferation of people having, you know, cognitive decline at all different ages, but particularly, you know, now in the baby boomer population, we are seeing more and more diagnosis. What do you think? What do you think being that you're from the bloodline of your grandfather? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I don't know. That's why I want want to, to ask him. There are all, we just had here in Boca Grande a speaker, Paul Cox, who's a PhD and, and studying ethno. Um, He's an ethnobotanist. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and the effect of. What's an ethnobotanist? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't going to ask because I thought everybody here knew. He's a smart guy. Um, BMA, it, there is a chemical in this blue-green algae and water. Okay, do you and know it, about so that? So he, he's very much the environment. He's you know studying right. and has some scientists in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, that are studying you know what is happening in our environment that could possibly be or or in our you know yeah. food supply. So um, L Siren L dash S E R I N E. There's going to be. And which is available on the internet. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be a study here of which I'm going to participate. Oh, oh great. But, um, may get the placebo. Anyway, yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to find out how that is affecting or helping. And mm-hmm. so it's supposed to be the neurogenitive diseases mm-hmm. like Parkinson's, which my father had for 26 years. And mm-hmm. I would like to know if this would be preventative. This is supposed yeah. to help support brain health. Uh, Right. Great. One thing I want to mention, just going back to, we call him Grand Doc, Grace's grandfather. One of the cornerstones of his book and his thinking was he broke down the word disease. Dis-ease. Exactly (laughs) right. Dis-ease. And and that can sometimes answer a lot of questions in life if you really just take the time to take that next step and figure out where where that can lead. Right. We wanted to ask you, given your experience and with seniors, what do you think are the ingredients for living longer, healthier lives? (laughs) Big pause there. (laughs) That's That's a big big question. So I love your idea, the, the breathing, taking a moment to breathe and the importance of mindfulness and awareness. What does your particular body need and what are your goals? What does it mean for you to feel healthy? And the earlier you understand that about yourself and what makes, you know, because different foods affect people differently. Yes. Um, Different people need different types of exercise or what fills them up. And so knowing more about yourself 
self-awareness, and then self-care. If you are caregiving for somebody else, it is exhausting. And if you have someone with a chronic illness that is, you know, constantly declining and the realizing the toll that that takes on you and that what you have to do to be able to, to take care of yourself so that you can live yourself longer because many caregivers die before the person they're caring for. It's well over half, isn't it? Something like that. Wow. Right. Wow. So we talk a lot about that, Trisha and I, and we call it bio-individuality. And so what might work for you might not work for me and so on. And that's really important to not put a rubber stamp on every, you know, this is what all you people (laughs) need to do to be healthy because it's not... Mm -hmm. And, and one size fits right. all. Well, Dora, the question I ask myself all the time is when I think about people that are aging and yes, they're living longer, but is the quality of life there and is it what they want it to be? And, you know, growing old, as, a, as my favorite old boss used to say, growing old is not for sissies. and. Right. As you grow old, your physical abilities get taken away. Your cognitive abilities potentially get taken away. Your friends, you know, the things you used to love to do. So little by little, things are being taken away. And if we can figure out a way to still instill joy and people can find that joy in life, that's terrific. But if we're getting to a point where that's not the case, then I think we as a society really need to spend a lot of time pushing on that very question and figuring out an answer to that. It goes back to what we started saying that we're just so afraid of dying and that this whole discussion of dying just is, you know, we just want to be in curative. We're going to live, we're going to live, we're going to live. And really dying is part of living. So I think you're right. It's raising the awareness of that and preparing your life for that. Right. And I also think it's our, our doctors because they're in it to do one thing And that's to keep people alive. And it would be nice to have an integrative approach, which you all do, where doctors are working with whomever Mm -hmm. to 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 have a a different perspective. Expand their toolkit, if you will. Yes. Yeah. But I really like being around elderly people. She really does. (laughs) (laughs) I just do. And she's so kind. Well, no, Mm -hmm. but I just do. And I imagine and I'm wondering... You all must have learned a lot from mm. the people you work with and people who've lived long, interesting lives. Can you talk a little bit about that? That is one of the ways that the Lessons Learned from Living series came about. Because oh, yes, tell us about it's just fascinating. People have incredible stories and knowledge and wisdom to share. So I, too, love being around because they have experienced so much more mm-hmm. and we can learn so much from them. But if their stories are just kept inside and people can't learn from them. So I my goal has been to bring some of those stories out into people that we can all learn from. I think it is fascinating to sit. I could do it, you know, for hours, hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Who are some of the most interesting people you've brought here to Boca Grande? Or are they actually They're residents? Here. Yeah. They're here. Yeah. And it's almost every single person that's here. <laughs> One of the things I've noticed, and I mentioned this to Tricia here, is that you see lots of elderly people. They're very quite healthy and very few walkers. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see more walkers. <laughs> I mean, walkers, people on walkers. 
Oh, so you see, okay. You, you don't them. see that much. You see more vibrant elderly people. Mm-hmm. Maybe because the ones using walkers. You don't see. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And the choices now are people are modifying their homes here to have elevators or to accommodate. Mm-hmm. But in the past, there haven't been as many homes that, and so when people are dependent and won't, won't be getting off of a walker, they have moved to an assisted living or continuum of care community. So right. that's probably why, but I would encourage people. Also, there might be some feeling of, I don't want to go out and be seen with my walker. Yeah. So maybe if more yeah. people were out using walkers, mm-hmm. it would be acceptable. And I think that that would be terrific. Yeah, I know when dad also who had has Parkinson's began his to live his life in a chair, he was very bold and brave about going out and having people see him. And I I have heard people say that it is inspiring, you know, because you can still live and do things and and have these accommodations. And but anyway, so now we wanted to ask you some questions yes. that we ask. This is our rapid fire session. Yeah, that we ask all <laughs> of our all of our guests. And so so we want to ask, and you can both answer or one answer or answer <laughs> together. Um, what book do you think everyone should read? I really enjoyed Being Mortal by Atul Gawande, who's a surgeon, so a Dr. Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal. Great. Mm-hmm. What did you love about it? I loved it that it came from a doctor, this perspective of what are the choices at the end of life and when do you when do you say I don't want any more surgeries? And coming from a surgeon, I thought that was interesting. really interesting, yes. And it was, you know, and his father also was a doctor. So mm. what quote brings you strength and peace? I like one and I'm not sure who said it, but I heard it from a counselor once. Um Trust in God and get excited. Oh. And I said my prayers as a child next to my bed every night. So I find comfort just in the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never venture, never win, blaze away and don't give in. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Um, never venture, never win, blaze away and don't give in. That's, that's, that's great. great. That's great. (laughs) What would you say to your 30-year-old self? To be more mindful. Mm -hmm. I was running so hard raising kids and, you know, family and everything that, you know, just the stop, you know, take a moment to breathe as you're seated. Mm -hmm. Can you both tell us your favorite meal? The next one. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, too. Especially here. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what it is. The air. You get very hungry here. Our latest thing has been seared tuna on the big green egg. Oh. Is, is awesome. What's a big green egg? Oh, we could do an hour just on oh, that. Oh, you mean the grill? Yeah. The big green tuna. egg grill. Oh, yeah. Oh. Those are awesome. Anything from Smitty at Hudson's works for us. <laughs> And then if you could sit next to anyone at dinner tonight, who would that be? I was For me, it would be Grace. <laughs> I was thinking of my grandfather. And mm-hmm. if you know, I could ask him these questions now, uh-huh. and what would he say? Yeah. So I would really like to know about the, the rise in Alzheimer's and dementia and 
what he thinks about that. So, mm-hmm. well, Mike and Grace, thank you so thank much. Thank you both. We loved hearing about what you're doing. It's really a gift. And, Such important uh, work. We you, thank you. You all are doing great work. Keep it up and just keep beating that drum because what you're doing is so important. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.